Hashtag hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, manis. Bushwhacker, Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern-day Viking gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the great (laughs) We've had had 70-degree weather here. We really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. Welcome to what I'm sure is the longest-running weekly episodic program here on our local establishment. My name is Carl Carafel. Joined alongside OMD this week, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. What's the prob, Bob? we got a lot of different topics to go over tonight. And as always, we like to bring you the news that other people may not be talking about. Although some are, because that's where I get my information from. OMD, my brother, how are you tonight? I am I am doing very well tonight, bro. Um, another long day at work, but so much more fulfilling. And just happy to be here to shoot the breeze on wrestling. That's good because there always seems to be something to talk about when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, especially coming off of the heels of a pretty amazing summer slam that happened in Detroit, Michigan at the Ford Field. Really great stuff coming out of that that we will touch a little bit on as we get through the show. But first, first off, a huge piece of news that we need to talk about. And we're going to be talking about the WWE and the Endeavor deal. Now, we all know that Endeavor has come in and that, uh, you know, we've got the merging of UFC and the WWE that will be happening. But we have a little bit more information now. Evening to you, Ed. Thank you so much for popping in. Yeah, the Dragon Lee versus Dirty Dom matchup tonight on NXT is going to be huge. So I understand you having to watch this program tomorrow as NXT is on right now. Make sure that you guys are following our local establishment later on tonight at about 10.10 or 10.15 p.m. when Ed and Astrid bring you taking over their NXT show where they talk all things NXT and break down the happenings from Tuesday's live events. Thank you, Ed, for coming in. The WWE and Endeavor deal is expected to officially close in September. We are already August the 8th. It is 8-8-2023 today, so... This is interesting, especially since September is the next month. We do know that the merging of UFC 
into a new company called TKO Holdings Group under the parent company Endeavor. Everything has been happening with the WWE announcing the merge that was going to take place. And it is due to finally be done sometime in the back half of 2023. New information that we've got actually says that there is a more concrete timeline-ish for this to actually happen. According to the second quarter earnings report from Endeavor, the company expects to have control of the WWE and TKO Holdings Group by mid to late September. Plugo, I love you, brother. How are you? It has been such a long time. Uh, I miss your face, my friend. I still see your face popping up on the socials. I absolutely love it, and I hope you are doing well. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, the officially the WWE and Endeavor deal coming to its final close in mid to late September? So it's it's interesting. What do you got, OMD, on this? I'm I'm excited for it. Um. I'm really wondering how much of a crossover we're going to get between WWE and UFC other than for the advertisements as we've already seen on on Raw. Right. Um, are we going to see more back and forth? Um, and that's going to add a lot of intrigue because, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we know that Conor McGregor is probably never going to show up in WWE. Right. But can you imagine, like, they've tried in other companies where groups will come in from an MMA company to compete. Right. Right. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, considering that we've already got, uh, you know, a few reports uh, through uh, CEO Ari Emanuel, who said that once the deal closes, there will be cost saving and synergies happening immediately. Although he did not specify exactly what that's going to be. We don't know what roles are going to be cut or if there's just going to be some combination of roles that will be happening. Jacoby, thank you so much for popping in. Yes, Brian Pillman Jr. is slated to show up tonight. Slated. So it will, it'll be very interesting to see if that does happen tonight on yes. NXT. Perry Carey, thank you so much for coming in as well. Noob, hello to you and thank you as well. Plugo is saying, I mean, like all mergers, the real nuts and bolts of it won't show for at least a year or so after Endeavor gather more intel. Very true. Very true. And I mean, these things that are supposed to be happening immediately could be very subtle behind the stage shit that we're not actually going to see on screen happening. Uh, Plugo says, I went through one in the shoot world and nothing changed until uh they saw all the ins and outs of the company they they saw all the ins and outs of the company which makes 100 per- perfect absolutely absolutely but so we know that it's they've already been kind of starting to hopefully transition everything over behind the scenes 
right? So earlier this year, they've already started with the merger and started with everything with the TKO Holdings Group, getting all of that done. And I'm sure that they may have already started gathering that intel that they need to possibly make those changes immediately. But I don't know yet. There's real no no indication as of yet of what's going to happen. And even with Vincent Kennedy McMahon, as it stands, he is set to remain the chairman of the WWE, the role that he actually resumed, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year. There's currently no word on how his recent search warrant and grand jury subpoena could affect the plans for him to continue his duties as chairman, though. And he's currently recovering from a major back surgery. So all of this put into play as well could have that immediate shakeup of everything, right? Absolutely. Um, I do know, and this is going back several months, they did state that they wanted Paul Levesque to remain in charge of creative. Right. Right. As I think you should. Dana White is staying in charge of UFC. Yes. So, but yes, the this grand jury subpoena, the back surgery, the search warrant, and all of that can really affect where they go with Vince McMahon if they want to keep him on. Because he came back to facilitate this deal. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now, did he come back just to be that placeholder for the time being until everything is finalized, like we're starting to hear? Or is this going to be a situation of where, um, you know, he is going to continue on and they're going to just kind of put his name on the back shelf, so to speak, while all of this happens? Right. It'll, it'll be interesting. <laughs> Chris Best coming in saying, I'm late to the show, but I'm here munching on pasta. Pasta is always good. It's a favorite in my house for sure. Absolutely. You know what I am a fan of as well? Not just pasta. I mean, for me personally, I love a nice pasta with some garlic butter and some cheese over top of it. Oh, it is so, so good. And you can't kayfabe that at all. No, no, you can't. Diamond Dallas Page, though, is a man that I have a lot of respect for. I love the man. He has done so much good shit, so much good work for a lot of different people. And he's actually putting a lot of praise on a current AEW's star's commitment to kayfabe to the character that he has. I'm not going to reveal who he talked about just yet, but I'm sure that everybody can um, start to figure out who I'm talking about. This guy embodies what kayfabe is and what kayfabe should be. He has a new best friend when it comes to AEW. Yes, a champion. He has been in AEW as well. But even outside of the squared circle, he keeps that character. He keeps kayfabe alive. You and I discussed a little bit about this um, just before Yes, we had come on. And uh, DDP pretty much is saying, I personally know that this person 
would be pissed off at me saying this, but he's the nicest guy. He really is to me. But if he's out in the open, he's an asshole. And it's not him being an asshole. It's him living the gimmick. He could turn babyface in an instant and he would be over even bigger, I think. But as a heel, oh my God. So I'll reveal who we're talking about right now and who DDP has the praise for. That is MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. What are your thoughts on the new kind of eras that we are in when it comes to professional wrestling and kayfabe, keeping kayfabe alive? I know you're a big fan of kayfabe, as am I. I don't believe kayfabe has died. I believe the wrestlers try to keep the gimmick. It's the social media. It's the companies sending them out to do these, the meet and greets before PLEs, all of that sort of stuff, the autograph sessions, the photo sessions, of which you and I have been to many. Yes. That sort of breaks that mystique. Okay. Um. Over the years, as I've watched MJF in the ring, I've always gotten this sense that he is putting his true self into that when he talks about his upbringing. Right, right. Uh, When he talks about his mental health and his issues with his ADHD, his anxiety, his depression, Mm -hmm. his culture. Right. So I really, you know, yes, I can see the asshole part of it being kayfabe, but I see a more genuine person and perhaps maybe the most real person in wrestling outside of Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the Attitude Era. Right. And and don't get me wrong, there are lots of professional wrestlers who have kept that kayfabe, who have made sure of it. And another example of that, uh, for me at least, is Abyss. Uh, when he was doing the Joseph Park role in Impact Wrestling, you and I went to a house show. Yes. And we had the opportunity to to take the tour through the through the back and go and talk with some of them at a table. And I even asked him to autograph the book for me and I had it open to abyss and he says, you want me to autograph my brother's picture? Absolutely. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Yes, absolutely. That was both of us got that autograph. Yeah, we did. We did. So he kept that kayfabe alive. And although I have never met the woman, I absolutely love her. I love kayfabe. I love the fact that we can have these uh, stars who can embody that even outside of, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) maybe so. Chris is saying the last time MJF was out of character was when he was on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yes. As a child. Yes. He was on there singing his heart out to you are my sunshine. Yep. Classic Um, clip. Another, like, prime example was, you know, like, when I've done, did the WrestleMania brunch back in 07. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had Chris Masters, Mark Henry, Vicky Guerrero, 
Victoria, Lisa Marie at the time. Right. Um, and a whole host of others. And I mean, Mark Henry sat there and said, you know, I can take a good heckling. I can enjoy that and appreciate that. But when you start making fun of someone for their size, for their weight, no. Right. Uh, Chris Masters. Story. Chris Masters said, you know, I could be back at my hotel sleeping, but instead I'm here with you slobs. Right. Um, but again, that was part of kayfabe. And then, you know, when I had the autograph and photo session, two of the coolest, nicest guys I got to talk to right outside of their on-screen personas were the Miz and John Morrison. Right. Um, maybe the only one there that I never looked at it through the kayfabe aspect was Ken Doan. Okay. Kenny Dykstra. Yep. But he was just a complete douche. Right. <laughs> Chris Best says, I remember Brad Hexum playing kayfabe on me when he did an injury angle. I thought it was real after I checked on him, but I realized after I asked him that we still had fans in the building. Yeah, Brad Hexum. If you guys don't know who Brad Hexum is, Google the name. Uh, very good independent professional wrestler who has worked uh, a lot of the country of the United States of America, uh, a lot in Michigan, and has worked in Ontario as well. Great guy. Love him. Um yeah, kayfabe, yes, you're right, is not necessarily dead. But when you're getting um, superstars, and, and, and I'm not putting any, any discredit on uh, the women, but you see a lot of the women within the business doing TikToks or doing um, Instagram reels and stuff like that, where they're out of character, whether it's them doing their makeup or them, um, you know, kind of just having some fun out on the town with other superstars or even just some of their friends when they're back home. It breaks that a little bit for some people. It, it truly Personally, does. Yeah, it truly does. But that's that's where social media comes into play as well as, you know, these, the companies saying, go and do this meet and greet, do this autograph session. Right. They're right. putting, they're putting their own product at risk. Chris is right. Chris says heels and faces doing up, up, down, down together. Yeah. Like that right. totally breaks the whole mystique. And now, so Up, Up, Down, Down has a very niche uh, viewing market, right? So if you know, you know. If you don't, you're probably never going to find it or even see it. So when it comes to kayfabe, I'm talking more for the uh, fans who are just invested in, you know, one company or different companies, but not really following on any of the socials or, or doing any of that stuff, right? So, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's something that comes up fairly often, but it's always a really good discussion. Uh, I want to credit Insight with Chris Van Vliet for the interview that he had with DDP, where we got this information from and uh, Wrestling Inc. for the transcription of that for us to be able to use that. So thank you to both of them for this. 
Yes. There's always lots of stuff that happens backstage that uh, we know we don't we don't necessarily hear about or know about uh, when it comes to performers. Um, you know, they kind of break that fourth wall a little bit when they're doing some of the uh, video packages or not even packages, but like the um, documentary mm-hmm. series, right? right? Like the 24 seven, right stuff, right? And um, yeah, so we do see a little bit of it, but it's not as prevalent as most people really tend to believe that it right. is. Right, right. Now, I mean, we've seen another company really break down the fourth wall with their all access show on Wednesday nights following their product. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and say it. We talk about everything here on this program. True. Um, yes, with AEW breaking down that fourth wall. Right. Um, now, we do know that WWE has their Twitch channel up and running alongside Raw. Yes. Uh, which I haven't had a chance to check out because I can't switch from the TV over to Twitch to... Right. Nobody should be watching that anyways. They should be watching us with our Monday Night Raw watch-along on Absolutely. our local establishment and turnbox Absolutely. studios. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's where the action is. It definitely is. There's a lady in the world of professional wrestling who has seen a lot of action, whether it is, you know, in New Japan professional wrestling, stardom, or even the WWE, who was there, not there, and is making a comeback to the WWE. We have a little bit more information. On the backstage update on Kyrie Sane and her reported return to the WWE. So it was reported earlier this week that Kyrie Sane is expected to return in the near future. But we do know that she has a few dates left to work in Japan. There's apparently a more to the story that we're not aware of right now that will be made available hopefully soon, possibly not even into next year, but there's lots of moving parts that are happening in Japan right now. And that ultimately led to Kyrie Sane making the decision to return to the WWE. She herself revealed that she actually had multiple offers. So AEW was interested, um, that we're speculating. We don't know that for sure, but we're speculating that AEW probably had some interest as well. Right. Um, While the company of AEW may be a lot more flexible with her working Japan, um, it looks like ultimately she's chosen the WWE. So she did work for the company from 2016 to 2021. She returned to Japan in 2020 to be an ambassador for the company. Um, when that ended, her tenure with the WWE ended as well. She's been a free agent since March. And right now, there's no confirmed date onto when she will be back. But it's expected to take place at least this year, possibly come November. Right. So now this is begging the question, are we going to have Kyrie Sane in singles competition Or are we going to look at a situation of these, and I'm going to say it because unfortunately it seems very true right now, these cursed 
tag team championships for the women's division. Are we going to have Kyrie Sane maybe come back and team up with Asuka to reinvigorate the Kabuki Warriors? Considering the depth right now that we have got with the women's tag team championships seems to be lacking or even cursed at this point. Kyrie versus EO Sky would be absolutely mind-blowingly, gorgeously, yes, please, in my books. But that's Um, only if she's allowed singles. Right. Um, Really, I hope not. I think I hope they give her a decent singles run and a singles push. Okay. Um, I don't think that the Kabuki Warriors idea meshes right now with Asuka's persona and her, her character to keep kayfabe. Um, But yes, the idea of EO versus Kyrie that intrigues me. Um, I would love to see some stability behind the women's tag team championships, but as you alluded to, they do seem to be, cursed going back to a year when Sasha and Naomi walked out and left the belts in the office. Right. And I mean, I, so we haven't really had very much of an international flair when it comes to the women's tag team championships since then. Right. So this could be a rude awakening for the WWE and allow them the opportunity to reinvigorate the women's tag team championships with two of arguably the best in-ring Japanese competitors that are out there today. So now her and Io works very well too. Yes. We've already got Io as a heel. And when Kyrie comes back, there is absolutely no way that I can see her being a heel to begin with. She yeah. is 100% going to be baby face. Absolutely. Not just face, baby face, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that works too. I don't know. I don't know. I, I love the idea of her working singles, but I also really like the idea of the tag team championships on the women's side really starting to get a little bit more prominence than it has been. I I would love to see it. I would love to see it, but I mean, I saw a thing today that was Sonia and Chelsea win. Sonia gets hurt. Raquel and Liv win. Liv gets hurt. There was somebody else that one so, and their partner got hurt and it all stemmed back to Sasha and Naomi walking out. Now I would love to see the international deliver. I would love to see and Ed's going to hate on me for this one, <laughs> but I would love to see Isla Dawn and Alba Fire versus Casey Squared for the women's tag team titles. Okay. Yeah, that's how it feels right now, Chris. 
the tag team titles do seem uh, cursed yes. at this point. But again, how long do we leave it that way? How long can we continue to blame things on being cursed championships or blaming it on Naomi and right. Sasha? Right. Right. At some point, enough's enough. Yeah. It's time for a change. Exactly. I mean, you may have to, and I mean, I hate to say this because I think they are a, there is a need for them, but you may have to pass on them and maybe do a tag team queen of the ring tournament. I kind of like your original idea a little bit better. Why can't we allow more NXT inclusion? Right. I think I think that would be great. Um, you know, because that's going to give more of a new look to everything, considering not a lot of people know the stars that are down or that are over in, I got to stop saying that it's not down. It's over in NXT, right? So you have the more NXT inclusion, I think would be a great thing to reinvigorate those championships as well. And then we may get off of the mindset of their cursed, which, which has only really been very recently. Yeah. That people have really kind of been throwing that out there. Yeah. It's unfortunate coincidences. It definitely is, which coincidence or not, there's gotta be some time where we get over those hurdles and over those bumps. Yes. Yes. I mean, you look at a guy like Wade Barrett, how many times did he win the intercontinental title only to get hurt? Right. It's happened often. And a lot of people also seem to forget that both that Casey squared are now on raw, right? Isla Dawn and Alba fire. The unholy union are SmackDown talent, right? But we're not getting them on our TVs. That's true. And I mean, that definitely could work as that catalyst as well, right? For the, reinvigoration using those NXT talents that we're not seeing very much of right now on raw and SmackDown parish had an idea that Chris has given to us saying, uh, do a tournament for them, build each team involved. So they now have a list of credible tag teams who could challenge for those belts. I think that that's a great idea as well. Um, tournament style do a bracket yeah do a bracket style or 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 do some things where you know each team faces each other three times right like something like that to give us a lot more of them so that we know more of them and then kind of know who the tough ones are and who the big competitors could actually be that could work for me Right, absolutely. Before we get to our last couple of topics here, I'm going to throw the graphic back up here for a moment. And I just want to make sure that we talk about our sponsors. We have an amazing sponsor with Rogue Energy. 
an amazing company that offers energy drinks to you in a powdered form. Less sugar than the canned drinks that you get. Gluten-free, vegan-friendly, giving you a multitude of different flavors. While you're there, pick yourself up one of these starter packs that gives you a sampling of different flavors to choose, as well as a shaker cup. And you can even save yourself 10% off when you use the promo code OLEPODS at the checkout. Make sure that you're checking them out because they have been good to us and we want to continue to be good to them. My good friend Al Snow started his own clothing company called Collar and Elbow Brands. We are very proud here at Turnbuckle Talk to be the very first sponsored podcast from CollarAndElbowBrand.com. While you're there, use the promo code JKPODCAST and get 10% off your purchase every single time that you make a purchase. A huge shout out to our good friends with RealWrestling.net as well. News and views by real fans. Turnbuckle Talk is international, baby, as Real Wrestling is part of the UK So that makes us international. As we come back, let's take a look at the comments. Chris says that he uses his shaker cup from Rogue Energy very faithfully. That is absolutely amazing. And it can be used for a multitude of different things. Make sure that you're grabbing one for yourself as well. Something that some man could be grabbing very soon. Mm, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. Thank you to our non-sponsored friends at Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's sponsor, Turnbuckle Talk. As we're talking about a guy grabbing something, could be Chad Gable grabbing the Intercontinental Championship. This excited me last night as we watched Monday Night Raw. We saw a four-way matchup with Chad Gable getting a victory. I didn't see it coming. I didn't think it was going to. Was I hoping for it to happen? Yes, I sure as hell was. He won the fatal four-way match to become the number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship in a matchup that involves Matt Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa, and Ricochet. Now, it's interesting to note that Chad Gable actually humiliated Gunther um, by beating his five-minute challenge, which we saw, you know, kind of the the slight little uh, hints and inklings into this story starting to happen. I want your thoughts, my friend. Tell me your thoughts on Chad Gable. I am excited because here is a guy who toiled and scratched and clawed. He worked his way from NXT to the main roster. After, you know, losing his tag team partner to a storyline family drama. Right. Then was 
given a multitude of different tag team partners mm-hmm. and won titles with all of them. Right. But was never given a true opportunity and was always held back, I still believe. And now, as the Alpha Academy has grown in terms of fan support. Oh, yeah. We've gotten to see him showcase his athletic ability and show what he can actually do. Yep. Instead of just being stuck behind a bad name like Shorty G or Master Gable or even being stuck behind the tagline where, you know, until Shush actually took off. And who saw that coming? I didn't. Um, I, I was not a huge fan of the match last night in general, just for the fact that it was four faces going at it. Right. Um, but wonderful. Good on Chad Gable and good call on the part of the WWE to give him that shot. And I was okay with there being four faces in that match because Gunther is the heel. So why, you know, if we were to have thrown a couple of heels into that match, well, already we would have been going uh, in our mindset to, well, those heels aren't going to win because they're not going to have a heel versus heel situation going on. Right. So I was okay with that because I'm kind of now going any one of those four could have won this. Right. And I mean, as we saw later in the night with uh, Ludwig Kaiser, I believe it was, faced Otis. You could have put Ludwig Kaiser into that match. You could have put Giovanni Vinci into that match. Yep. And then still had just for them to run interference for Gunther on those guys. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that definitely could probably have worked. But again, a little too predictable. Right. When it comes to that. Right. So that was. I don't know. I think uh, I think how they did things was good. I was I was OK with it. Um, having the four face. I was OK with the winner. I was OK with as well. And. Chad Gable celebrating with his son after the match. Yes. In a very rare hometown win yes Parrish I'm good my friend how are you doing Joe coming in as well good evening to you good evening Joe good evening Parrish so yeah even just that even the WWE is notorious for not allowing the hometown star to win they right. they always find some way to to mess it up, to have some sort of shenanigan happen, whatever. Right. But this time they actually gave it to us. They gave us the hometown right. win, which made it for me at least feel even more special for this win to come up, and for him to be given that number one contendership, which is something that I'm loving hearing. Yes. Because it's been a while since we've heard number one contender for. Yes. Um, Now, not necessarily a hometown boy, but 
another graduate from the University of Minnesota who is on the WWE's roster could have also been included in that match. And ironically enough, a former partner of Chad Gable and that being Shelton Benjamin. Right. And I mean, why though? What have we really seen from Shelton Benjamin as of late? Well, they've, again, they've saddled him on main event Mm-hmm. So I'm just, you know, putting it out there. I mean, yes, he's probably a baby face right now. I don't watch enough main event. But he is a University of Minnesota alumni. Right. Even though he's from North Carolina, you could have put him out there in that aspect that he was alum. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Parrish, yeah, like, I mean, for for I think for both of us, I think I can at this point speak for both of us and say that there really isn't a huge issue with the four faces. OMD would have, you know, was just kind of a little sour on there being four faces because, well, shouldn't we have a matchup with a face against a heel? Um, For me, I thought that it was great because Gunther is that heel. And I didn't want that there was going to be heels in this matchup because then I would have already written them off as not winning at all. Um, Edge at Unforgiven 06 is a prime example. He lost in Toronto in the TLC match. Yep. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's uh, sometimes a little sickening. Yes. So we do know that this is now going to play out, that we're going to be getting Chad Gable taking on Gunther at some point for the Intercontinental Championship, but I do not see it happening anytime soon. I do believe that we are going to, about a month away, you were saying at the next uh, pay, at the next PLE, yes, um, is when this is going to happen, but... Gunther is supposed to tie it or break it that night. I believe he is going to tie the record that night. Okay. So he's going to tie the honky tonks man's. I sounded like Santino Morello there. The honky 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 donkey man's the honky tonk man's 454 day reign as intercontinental champion Benoit in Edmonton versus Austin. Another example. Yep. Right. Uh, September 8th is the day he will beat the record, not payback, says Parrish. Okay, that I was not not aware of. This was. Yeah, which um, makes sense. Commentary at SummerSlam. Stated that at payback in 32 days was going to tie the record. Okay, so we'll have to figure out when payback is. Absolutely. it could be early September. Right. Right. It could be September 8th that it is actually happening. But yeah, it makes sense because I'm, I, everything that I've seen is approximately one, one month away from breaking the Honky Tonks record, which makes sense because today's the 8th. And this article here that I'm looking at was posted yesterday. Yes. Payback so. is Saturday, September 2nd. Okay. So approximately one month away. 
That makes sense. We need Honky Tonk there just to shake Gunther's hand for that. I think that that would be a very, very cool thing as well. Um, he won the title June 10th of 2022. 455 days later is September 8th, which is a Thursday. Okay. Okay. All right. See, this is why we love this community because absolutely they, they got the knowledge when we don't and they can drop it. I don't claim to be perfect. I never will be. I right. you're not Kurt Hennig. That. No, you're I am not, not Kurt a Kurt Hennig. Hennig. Not at all. He did uh, the math, not match. He did the math last night. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. That was probably when uh, a whole bunch of us were talking. And uh, I don't know if you mentioned it on the raw watch along that we do every Monday night. Uh, you may have mentioned that, but we talk over each other a lot. Unfortunately. Yes. Sometimes it happens. We did talk a little bit about at the very beginning of the show. SummerSlam. Yes. So I'm going to go through some records that were set by the WWE with SummerSlam in 2023. And I want to get your reaction to them when I'm uh, finished letting you know what they are. So it took place at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, the largest company gate for a non-WrestleMania event with $8.5 million generated. Um, also disclosed that the Motor City event was the most watched SummerSlam in the company history with the show breaking into the top three of most watched WWE events on the Peacock. SummerSlam generated the most sponsorship revenue for a non-WrestleMania show with Slim Jim, C4, and Rocket Mortgage among the sponsors, which generated $7 million for the organization, which is up 23% from 2022. Merchandise sales were up by 60% compared to the record set two years ago, with 2023 becoming the best-performing PLE event for merchandise sales outside of a WrestleMania on locations, SummerSlam travel packages were up 47% versus 2022. And lastly, the PLE became the most viewed social SummerSlam of all time with over 250 million views and 4 million hours of content watched, which is up 26% compared to last year's show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right? Right? Wow. And you no, can so I mean that is that is a drastic change and you can really see the influence and how the product has changed just in the past year. Right. From Paul Levesque trade taking over creative. Um so this is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. As you know, I was at WrestleMania 23 in Ford Field, which is a beautiful stadium. We had a couple of mutual friends at SummerSlam on Saturday night. Yeah, we did. Um, and I haven't talked to them about their experience there yet. Um, but just, wow, like, 
the highest non-WrestleMania gate, the merchandise up 60%. Just, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the talent got decent bonuses. Let's hope so. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that, you know, they will invest more into the development as well as into the NXT brand. Let's hope that the WWE continues to set yes. records like this. It's interesting that you bring up. Um, oh, Chris says that he talked to one of them and they had a blast. I'm pretty sure you were probably talking to uh, Joe Chivarelli. Um, I assume. I don't know. Ryan Carlella and Joe Chivarelli. Shout out to both of you who were at SummerSlam. Cheers to you boys. Love you. Um, Chris er, Parrish says if the WWE wants a holder, PLE is on a Saturday, and I don't do NXT super shows on Sundays. Okay. <laughs> oh, if WWE wants to hold PLE on a Saturday, I don't do NXT super shows on Sunday. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sometimes, like, it gets to be too overwhelming and you need that break. <laughs> he says he's audio texting. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. No worries about that at all. Absolutely. You talked a little bit about investing, whether it's investing back into the superstars or into the company itself. I think that brings us to our final topic of the night here. What's the prob, Bob? Yes. What's the prob, Bob? I'm talking about L.A. Knight. Yeah. What in the blue hell is going on with L.A. Knight and the direction that the WWE has for L.A. Knight right now. Arguably one of the hottest acts in professional wrestling, or at least within the WWE right now. I would even dare to say on the level of a fiend Bray Wyatt, he is adored by the fans. The catchphrases have come through clearly. They're all chanting it. They all know it. The promo skills on this man are second to none. It is absolutely amazing what has been happening with LA Knight. Right. But why have we not further progressed things with LA Knight? Now, I know you have a little piece of information, but I do want to mention that he seems to be continuously getting these wins with nothing coming from them afterwards. We did at SummerSlam see him win the battle royal but again what was it for you right. have a little insight on that what was it for there was i mean it was the slim jim battle royal it was there was nothing on the line because he's not getting a title shot although we have heard rumors of a push however 
he is making Slim Jim very, very happy. Now, financial terms were not disclosed, but they are looking to make him their official spokesperson much the same way they did Macho Man Randy Savage 30 years ago. I think the man definitely has the same caliber of a Macho Man Randy Savage, the same sex appeal to the women, the same appeal to the men who want to be like an L.A. Knight, unless you're Leeds, who is slowly starting to come around to L.A. Knight and not calling him L.A. Fright anymore. All right. But Chris is saying he's calling it right now. L.A. Knight is going to get the Iron Man spot in the Rumble, in the Royal Rumble for January. Uh, my worry and concern right now is that we're continuing to build and build and build and build and build L.A. Knight, but there is nothing that has come out of it yet. Besides right. this little sponsorship right. that we're getting with Slim Jim. Right. I mean, he was the sentimental choice, to, the fans' choice to win money in the bank. They went with Damian Priest. Another great choice. Don't get right. me wrong. So... They did this to get, was it to get him on a PLE and get him a win on a PLE? Um, we've heard the rumors that, oh, his push is coming after SummerSlam. This is something that Triple H wants to do is get him his push. Right. So when are you going to do that? Are you going to... Like, you've got to build on his momentum. You can't just stifle him. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you and I have been fans of him since we watched him in Impact. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back when he was Eli Drake. And still uh, with the yeah, even back exactly. then. Exactly. And the let me talk to you. Right. Right. So they need to, yes, they can't keep stifling him. Otherwise, they're going to lose him. Because a company like AEW, I mean, AEW, I think he'd probably still be stuck in the mid-card pushing Christian and Luchasaurus for the TNT title. But he can go be the big fish in a small pond in Impact. Right. Now, Chris has a good point here. He says, guys, remember what Hunter said. Let the story play out. And I definitely am letting it play out. And I think that I've continued to see the meteoric rise of L.A. Knight within the WWE. And at this point, the story is going long for me. And I'm wondering when we're going to be getting just that extra little nugget of glimmer into the story that's going to bring my attention back. To right. caring. Not that I don't care about LA Knight right now, because I still do. 100% I do. But I'm starting to get tired on letting the story play out. Right. I'm hoping we get something. We start, started to see something develop last night on the Raw Watch Along in that amazing amazing promo battle 
between him and Miz. Right. And I'm hoping that, you know, that that's going to be a feud that can maybe go a little bit longer, but can still elevate them both. Right. And maybe get, finally get LA to that spot for the U.S. or Intercontinental title or even challenging Seth or Roman. Now you you talk about the like Intercontinental Championship. Okay, so now we know Chad Gable has earned. Yes. Doesn't deserve it. You get the the fans that chant, you deserve it. Right. Bullshit. Earned. Chad Gable has earned that Intercontinental Championship, I believe, from everything that he has done throughout his career. Absolutely. Are they going to allow, if a win happens for Chad Gable, is that when we possibly could see L.A. Knight and Chad Gable, two guys who are roughly the same size with almost the same athleticism? Chad Gable, good on that microphone. L.A. Knight, a master of the stick. And start to see some progression then. But again, we're having to wait. Right. Hurry and up I mean, and wait situation that I'm just exactly. not happy about. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, Chris calling it for the Roy- the Iron Man spot at the Rumble. Well, that's more waiting. That's now January. Right. We're in August. I don't want to wait another six months. I would rather LA Knight go over to NXT again. And win the title. You see, I don't want that because there's still that stigma that NXT is the lower level. NXT is down there. Right. He is so over with the main roster, with the main crowds, with Raw, with those that watch SmackDown. He is so over with them right now that to maybe have an NXT win would be cool for NXT, but they've tried and done this type of stuff before and did the eyes really shift over to NXT. And with that, I'm talking about the new day who went over. Right. Who congr- uh, Thank you. New day is back. Kofi and Xavier Woods are, are back. Uh, they had a great matchup last night on Monday night. Raw. so happy to see them back, but I digress. We had them go over to NXT, you know, kind of win the tag team championships over there. But did it really draw any more eyes over there? Not really. No, no. And I mean, they weren't the first. Um, So, and Chris here raises a good point. Yes, we'd love to see LA Knight take the U.S. title from theory. Um, And again, that would be a phenomenal match yeah it would be it would be i don't get to watch a lot of smackdown so not that i'm not familiar with theory but i'm not familiar with what he has been doing recently i guess we could say and i know the draft only happened not that long ago 
and that he was on Raw for the majority of, you know, his time with the WWE and stuff like that. And I totally get that. Um, I've seen a lot of theory. But how are we going to work things now for LA Knight to go over to SmackDown? Because he isn't one of those free agents, is he? No, he is not. He is actually a SmackDown draft choice. Right. He is a SmackDown talent. But how many people remember that? Right. Because where are we seeing him? We saw him on Raw last night. As socials, and we're seeing him on Raw. Right. I think he's going to probably be that that guy that can shift back and forth between the shows, mm-hmm. which is something that I hope they wouldn't do at the draft, which is have that, you know, that open shift for six, eight weeks and then take a month off and then open shift for six, eight weeks and then a month off. Right. I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see anyways. Chris Best with uh, what will probably be the final comment of the night here. says, if it weren't for the New Day feuding with Pretty Deadly, I wouldn't have tuned into NXT. Well, I'm glad that the New Day was able to bring someone over to watch NXT. And if you guys are watching NXT right now, make sure at 10, 10, 10.15-ish Eastern Standard Time that you guys are sticking right here with our local establishment to see Ed and Astrid as they bring you taking over. That's right. An NXT show, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Um, Yeah, you know what? Chris Parrish is saying Corbin has been great in NXT. He definitely has been. I, I don't dispute that at all but it hasn't made me want to go and watch NXT. No, I, I, I watch NXT. In fact, I've actually got it on in the background. Right. Um, because I just enjoy wrestling. Right. No, no. And I totally get that. Um, and I mean, right now we've got a battle of second generation superstars and Braun Breaker and Von Wagner. Nice. So we're going to shut our mouths so that everyone can go and watch NXT right now for that amazing matchup. OMD, thank you so much for joining me here this week. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and what you're doing. They can find me on Facebook at Daniel Horisic and on Snapchat under One Man Dynamic. I should have a Twitch after tonight. Um... So right now, that's where you can find me. I will be on the Boar's Nest this coming Thursday with Bubba Duke. We will be playing No Man's Sky, and you can catch that right here on both Turnbuckle Studios and our local establishment. Very happy to be able to host those on the Turnbuckle Studios side of things. If you're looking for more from myself, Carl Carafel, and from Turnbuckle Studios, you could check out my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. Once again, that is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell all of you about our good friends at Invasion Comics. Make sure that you're going and checking out Invasion CNC 
ca for all your comic book needs whether it is for comic books funko pops action figures or just some good card games there as well and if you're looking for some merchandise <laughs> buy his shit people <laughs> it's a little bit of all right we're gonna get to that one right now then make sure that you are checking out my Redbubble account, carlcarafel.redbubble.com. You can go there and find merchandise from Turnbuckle Studios, Turnbuckle Talk, The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke, Paramindful, Beats and Beatdowns, and there's even a new shirt that's there with a brand new show that will be happening. Maybe you want to go and check it out and buy it and be one of the first to own it. Go and check that out if you will. I am Carl Carafel. Over there is OMD. You all have been absolutely fantastic here with us once again tonight. Thank you so, so much. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>